text on this fourth Sunday in the season of Epiphany is from Mark chapter 1, beginning with verse 21, Mark chapter 1. And if you have a Bible, I'd encourage you to open there as we march through this passage, as we go through this passage. Uh, If you don't have one of your own, grab the one in the pew rack in front of you. It's on uh, page uh, 994, page 994. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, What is this? a new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, teach us your word, for your word is truth, that we might understand your truth, and by the power of your Holy Spirit to live it out in our lives. So be our teacher this morning and guide us into your truth. Amen. I'm sure all of you at one time or another have heard a child's defiant cry, you can't tell me what to do. (laughs) You ever heard that? Are you thinking, oh yeah, when I was a teenager, uh, I said that. To my parents, you can't tell me what to do. 
It's part of our sin nature to rebel against the authorities God has placed over them. Well, Jesus came to correct that flaw. He was revealed as the one to whom all authority has been given. In our gospel lesson, we see Jesus revealed with authority, which is our theme this morning as we follow the theme during the season of of, uh, Epiphany as Jesus revealed. And today, we see him revealed with authority. We often use the word authority as an individual that is cited or appealed to as the expert. But the kind of authority which is spoken in our gospel text today isn't that of the expert, but the authority of the one in command, the authority of the one who has power over our lives. This Greek word for authority means one who has the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. It's a very strong word. In the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which is often quoted by the New Testament writers, this word for authority referred to the unrestricted sovereignty of God. That's the kind of authority which struck the people in that synagogue that day. Jesus spoke in our gospel lesson not as an expert in the law, but as the voice of God's law itself, as the one who has the final say. We see first in our passage the reaction of the people to Jesus' authoritative teaching. Look at verses 21 and 22. And they came into Capernaum and Immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. We are told the people in the synagogue that day were astonished. R.C. Sproul commented on this. The word astonishment does not do justice to the Greek word in this text. The idea is not only that they were surprised, but that they were terrified. Often behind Mark's description of Jesus' ministry are Old Testament accounts that Mark most likely had in mind as he wrote. In our upcoming midweek services, Uh, Lenten services starting here in just a few weeks, Dr. Rich Erickson is going to tell us more about the Old Testament background of of Mark's writing there. But so Mark often had these Old Testament um, accounts in mind as he wrote, and Mark was possibly, uh, possibly thinking of the account at Mount Sinai. After God spoke the words of the Ten Commandments, we are told in uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 18, now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled. And they stood far off 
and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. I think Mark had that image. People were not just surprised, they were terrified at the voice, at the, at the authority of Jesus. The people in the synagogue uh, were astonished for it was the voice of God speaking to them through Jesus. In our Old Testament lesson, our Old Testament lesson refers to this very incident at Sinai, also called Mount Horeb. And Moses said to Israel, uh, and this comes from Deuteronomy 18, beginning with verse 15, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you and from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God or see his great fire anymore, lest I die. Jesus spoke the word of God in his office of prophet. Jesus fulfilled this scripture of the prophet who was to come with the authority of, of Moses, and Jesus would demonstrate he had greater authority than Moses. Jesus did not speak as the scribes did. Well, they quoted influential rabbis who then were quoting from the, from the word of God. Well, Jesus was the word of God. And Jesus spoke with the authority of the scriptures themselves as the voice of God speaking to them. Jesus then demonstrated his authority over this spiritual realm. Look at verse 23 and following. And immediately there was in the synagogue a man who had it with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. So no sooner had Jesus finished teaching, or even perhaps before he finished, the Sabbath assembly that day was interrupted with a piercing cry of an unclean spirit. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Bible scholars make clear that the demon's shriek was full of malevolent aggression. His opening burst, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth, was a common Old Testament idiom, roughly equivalent to, you have no business with us yet. The spirit protested that this was not yet the time for judgment. Spirit knew that Jesus had the power to condemn, the power to destroy that evil spirit. The demon knew that Jesus came to destroy the devil's work and had authority to throw demons into hell. James 2.19 tells us, even the demons believe and shudder. Or as the New Living Translation puts it, they tremble in terror. And that's what this unclean spirit was doing, trembling in terror. 
In Colossians 2.15, Paul teaches about the spiritual forces of evil when he tells us that God disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Christ. The devil knew his, uh, the demon knew his time was near, but he was saying, no, not yet though. At that time, the people who were listening to Jesus didn't know his true identity, but the demon did. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Bible scholars explain that this was a frantic attempt to bring Jesus under the demon's power. It was believed that the exact knowledge of a person's name or title brought mastery or control over that person. Well, that didn't work for the demon, did it? Um, Jesus demonstrated that he had authority to command the demon to obey and to tell tell the demon uh, what to do. Be silent. Come out of him. The people were ignorant of Jesus' true authority as the Son of God, but the demon was not. This unclean spirit knew that Jesus had the right and the power to judge and to condemn. The demon knew his eternal destiny. But the people did not realize at that time that their destiny would depend on how they responded to Jesus. Jesus has the power, the authority to forgive sins as Mark 2, verses 5 to 12 tell us. And he also has the authority to condemn sinners. First, uh, John chapter 5 uh, says, Jesus said, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Jesus had that authority forgive sins, and to condemn sinners. And that brings us to the final point, the one that we need to bring this home to ourselves with, the relationship between authority and faith. Verse 27, and they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. The question is, what is our response to such authority? Is it simply amazement or is it trust and obedience of faith? The worshipers in the synagogue that day encountered something they had never before experienced. Jesus' authority was not only evident in powerful teaching, but in power over the spiritual realm as well. This was indeed a new teaching. No Old Testament figure ever commanded a demon to come out of someone. Only David is recorded as having the ability to cause an evil spirit to depart from a person, specifically from King Saul, and that only uh, by the use of music, his skillful playing on the lyre. Now, Jesus would later be revealed as the son of David and 
by his authority was far greater than that of King David's. We are told in verse 28 that at once his fame spread everywhere throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. But but Jesus did not come to be famous. That wasn't his objective. We can treat Jesus as just another famous person. Or we can bow the knee to him as Lord. The people acknowledged the authority of Jesus' teaching, but they did not submit to that authority. They were amazed, but as far as we know, unbelieving. You can go online and search for people are amazing, and you will see all sorts of unbelievable stunts on the videos posted there that will astonish you, but most likely won't motivate you to get off your couch. (laughs) We can be amazed and astonished, but unmoved. Being astonished or amazed, of course, is not believing. There were plenty of people who were amazed by Jesus' teaching and miracles, but did not follow him or believe in him. Bible teacher John MacArthur makes this observation. Quote, They may have been amazed by him in the moment, but unless they came to embrace him in saving faith, worshiping him as the Son of God, trusting in him as the Savior of the world, and submitting to him as Lord of all, their amazement was ultimately worthless. It was no better than the trembling terror of the demon. And so it is for all who reject the true person and work of Jesus Christ. End of quote. We won't obey and follow Jesus out of astonishment or amazement. I constantly have people say, if God would just give me an undisputable sign or an angel would, would you know, be right there telling me, no. <laughs> it, won't, it won't happen. We won't obey and follow Jesus because of something amazing but only when the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin, bringing us to Jesus in repentance and faith. It is the work of God through the word of God that will convince us and convict us of our sin and need of repentance and faith. Jesus commanded the demon who had no choice but to obey. But God doesn't do that with us. He doesn't command us to believe in him. He doesn't say, obey, because I said so. (laughs) He says, obey, out of love for me. If you love me, Jesus said, you will obey what I command. Thank you, Jessica and... uh, and uh, Allison for a beautiful, um, beautiful song, how deep the Father's love for us. Jesus didn't say, obey me, because I said so. He said, obey me, because I loved you so. How deep 
the Father's love for us expressed in Jesus. We will only obey out of love for the one who first loved us. And it's an amazing thing that this great authority that Jesus had was wrapped up in this incomprehensible love that he expressed towards sinners. What is our response to the authority of Jesus? It's not enough, as I said, to be amazed. We must recognize him as Lord. Jesus taught us as the living word of God, and that word still speaks to us in the Holy Scriptures. Our Lutheran Brethren Statement of Faith says that the Holy that the Bible is the final authority for our faith in life. It is our authority because it is the Word of God, the written Word of God, which reveals to us the living Word of God. So who has the final say in your life? Most people want to choose for themselves which authority to listen to or not listen to and then decide for themselves what they will do. You can't tell me what to do is still embedded deeply in our sinful psyche. The first sin in the Garden of Eden was about being our own authority and rejecting God's authority over us. And well, you know how that turned out. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus announced the righteous reign of God has come. By his death and resurrection, Jesus destroyed the rule of sin, death, and the devil for all who believe. We must believe Jesus is he who he claimed to be. He is Lord and King. This is why Jesus must have absolute authority in your life. In my life, in every life, he is Lord. Matthew 28, 18 tells us, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Do you recognize his authority over your life, over every detail of your life? Not just because God said so does he have the final say, but out of love, out of love for us, who said, come, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Will we obey the voice of our Savior, Jesus Christ, his authority out of love? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the love that you've shown to us in Jesus. Thank you that his authority over us isn't one of great demands, but one of, of an unfathomable love. And as Paul wrote, for the love of Christ compels us. Thank you for your compelling love, and may we bow the knee and submit to your authority over every aspect of our life, knowing that as we do so, you know what is best for us, and we want what is best. More than that, we simply want you. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.